Are you ready to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling author Steph Green, for the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast, where we're going to explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. writer welcome back today i'm so excited to be talking about some tips that i have for creating compelling characters but before we get into that i really want to tell you about this super exciting new thing that i'm just like bursting to tell you about and that thing is the rock your novel school yes the rock your novel school Basically, if you've always wanted to write a novel but you don't know where to begin, if your you know if your computer is filled with half-imagined stories that kind of peter out after a few chapters, or if you've written a few novels, or maybe you've even started self-publishing them, but you want to up your writing game, then sit up and pay attention, my friend, because I have got something for you. I have spent the last few months, the last wee while, building this online class, which I'm super proud of, and it's going to teach you everything, everything I know about writing an epic novel, the kind of novel that readers crave. So why have I made this course? Basically because 2020 has been a bit of a shit. Am I right? I am right. It's been a bit of a shit. And us writers, we we often seem to find that we feel that more than other people. You know, we kind of internalize the shit. And uh, this year particularly, I know it's been hard for so, so many writers and kind of puts your whole life into perspective. One of the things that I hear again and again and again from podcast listeners is you know, gosh, Steph, I, I really wish I could finish this book, or I really wish I could I could write that idea that I've had for years, or I really wish I could get my writing out into the world. The other thing, you know, my career, like, you know, I'm self-publishing, and, you know, I'm trying to do this thing, but everything is stalled, and no one is buying my books, and I just, I wish I could push to the next level. I want your wishes and your dreams to come true, because I think you're awesome, and you deserve it, and, you know, basically the world needs more awesome stories, and I think you are the person who's going to write them. Nothing makes me happier than hearing from students who are rocking their writing and their author careers. I want these stories to be about you, especially now. So, hence, Rock Your Novel School. Who's going to be teaching Rock Your Novel School? Obviously, I am Moa. I'm Steph Green. I am a legally blind USA Today best-selling and multi-six-figure author. I've written over 40 novels, but more importantly for you, I sell novels in decent numbers. I make good money selling novels in decent numbers. I have helped hundreds of other authors successfully self-publish and grow their audiences and sell novels in decent numbers. I've done this through my How to Rock self-publishing course and through the podcast. The more that I teach about publishing, the more I come to understand that even if you get 
all of your ducks in a row for self-publishing. Even if your cover is amazing and your blurb is awesome and your social media is on point, if you don't write a great book, it's basically read a crack, then you are dooming yourself to fail. That's why I designed this course, Rock Your Novel School, to help you create reader crack in novel form. I have jammed everything I know about writing engaging characters, exciting plots, and tension-laced scenes into this crash course for writers. It's got Oh my god, it's got a world building module. It, we get into non-traditional narrative structures. We go super deep on character wounds and character ghosts. If you loved the Chekhov's Arsenal um, post in the Plot Your Novel in 10 Days course um, that you've done, we go super deep into that concept. There are videos outlining common tropes and techniques for all the major fi fiction genres. Um, there is a whole module all about editing and, um, and how to get your book ready for publication. It, you are just going to flip. You are just going to love it. So as you can tell, I am super, super excited. Uh, I'm going to tell you more about this course over the next couple of holidays. But first, we are going to get into the meat of this sandwich, which is all about creating compelling characters. So first of all, why do we want to write compelling characters? Well, obviously, because compelling characters sell books. The reason that you know, we as readers, we, we, you know, we become attracted to a book and we, we read it and then we read the next book in the series and the next book, it's not really because of the plot. It's not really because of the, the unusual world that the writers created. It's because the characters grab us and they don't let go. And so it's, it's always super important that if you do no other thing when you're trying to improve your writing craft, if you do absolutely nothing to improve your craft except this one thing, then the one thing should be improving the way you write characters and writing deeper characters and writing more compelling characters. So what I wanted to do was kind of give you a few little tricks that I use um, in order to, to create these compelling characters. And so the first one is really compelling characters. You often have a belief and they have this belief about themselves. Now the belief they have about themselves is a lie. Great characters tell themselves truths, these things that they utterly, utterly believe, and these truths are actually lies. Often the story, the, the arc of the story, is actually about the character finally exposing this, this belief as a lie and replacing that belief with an actual truth, the actual truth about themselves. In books, you've got your protagonist, and your protagonist is the person whose character arc we usually follow. Now, you've also got other types of characters, and we go over these a lot in the Plot Your Novel in 10 Days course, and we go over them even more in Plot Your Novel School, at Rock Your Novel School, sorry. Um, now, there are other types of characters, and one of the really important characters in the book is, first of all, the antagonist, and second of all, the mirror. And sometimes these characters can be the same person, and sometimes they can be other protagonists. It, it, you know, it's, it's all very interesting. But there are, there are two important characters related to the belief. And these are the antagonist and mirror. Now the mirror is the character that 
our protagonist, who has this belief about themselves, looks at the mirror and sees themselves reflected back. And the way this often works is that the mirror is the one who sees the truth in the protagonist. And the mirror is the one who exposes the truth, exposes the lie in the, in the protagonist. Often when they really, really don't want to hear it. <laughs> so that's the mirror. And the antagonist, often what happens with the protagonist and the antagonist is that antagonist is not necessarily like an evil supervillain. And in fact, it's usually much better and much more compelling if they aren't. But often an antagonist is someone who wants the same thing as our protagonist. And since both people can't have the thing, that puts them at odds of each other, and that's what creates our conflict. So we're getting all into the things right now. All into the things. An antagonist, so what does the protagonist's belief have to do with the antagonist? The protagonist's belief about themselves, this belief that's actually a lie, is what's holding them back from achieving the thing that they want to achieve. And the antagonist, who can often serve as the mirror character as well, but the antagonist's actions and the actions that the protagonist has to take is what kind of casts this belief into into the forefront. And it showcases just how deeply ingrained this belief is, this belief that's a lie. In some genres, this, is, this can get really, really interesting. So for example, in romance, it's usually the other protagonist, so there's two protagonists in a romance, in a proper romance. There's the you know the hero and the heroine, if it's a MF romance, or two heroes or two heroines, or more than that if it's a reverse harem. But there is there is the protagonists who are the, the love interests. So there's usually, usually two protagonists. And we're just gonna say for argument's sake it's a hero and a hero. So two protagonists, and both of these protagonists have an arc, which means that both of them have this belief about themselves that is a lie. So the other protagonist is the mirror character, and they are the one who can see the lie that, that, that the protagonist is telling themselves. So they can see the lie that each other is telling themselves, and they can also see the truth behind the lie. They can see what that person is really like on the inside. And that's that's why they fall in love. Even despite, no matter whatever odds you throw at them, that's why they fall in love, because they see the truth in each other. And they can't convince their lover, they can't convince their lover that their belief is a lie. No matter how hard they try, they cannot do that until everything explodes in the story and the dark the dark night of the soul happens. But before that, no matter what they do, they can't convince their lover that the truth is a lie. And because they can't convince them that the, that, that the, the belief is a lie, they're always doomed to fail until the dark night of the soul. So it's, it's all so, I love it. It's just, it's, I love it. It's so interesting. So thinking about your character's belief, what belief do they hold that is a lie and how does this lie impact every decision that they make and how does this lie mean that they're never going to achieve what they want the second thing is to give your character a ghost a ghost that follows them so the ghost is a manifestation of their wound and the wound is you know all of these things connect together but the wound is you know it's usually a thing that's happened to them in their childhood and it has a lot to do with the with the belief that they have that is a lie 
So the wound, the wound is what has caused the lie or caused the belief. And the wound also causes the ghost. And the ghost and the wound, you know, some people often say they're the same thing, but I like this idea that the ghost is a manifestation of the wound. So, as I said, wounds are usually something that's happened in the past. And the ghost is the wound that follows the character everywhere. So think about kind of a, you know, a, a horror film like The Haunting of Hill House, where you know the ghosts are imprints of the past that impact the present. And that is what the ghost is for your character. And so sometimes ghosts can be like an actual physical manifestation. So not, not necessarily ghosts. But they might be an object that the character carries with them. Um, they, you know, like maybe a locket um, that triggers a memory. In one of my books, um, the protagonist has a scar on her wrist, and the scar is from a fire that killed her mother and her best friend. And she often touches the scar, and it's that touching of the scar that is the ghost. The ghosts are very powerful. And the three reasons why you have a ghost are usually because of grief. And this is where often we have ghosts that are actually ghosts. <laughs> so, and you know, things like lockets, um, you know, this often comes under the, the, the grief. So the protagonist is grieving. Uh, the second thing is a grievance. So this is where someone has wronged the protagonist in some way in the past and they carry the weight of that wrong with them in the form of a ghost. A ghost is, is like a chain around the ankle that is holding the back. And the third reason that ghosts appear is because of guilt. The protagonist has done something or believes they have done something to hurt someone in the past, or they've done something and it's caused something terrible to happen. And it's, it's, again, it's this guilt that manifests the ghost, manifests the wound. These things can go together, and sometimes all three of them can go together. So grief and guilt go together very, very often. Um, and when all three of those, when you put all three of those things together, you often have a very complex, very compelling character. Number three, if you are struggling with your plot, then what you need to do, always, 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 is to drop the plot, stop the plot, and to ask yourself, what would this character actually do next? I find 99% of plot holes, 99% of writer's block that you get midway through a plot, 99% of, well, I've got, um, I've got scene A and I've got scene C, but I have no idea what to go, what goes in between them. All of that can be solved if you just go back to the character and ask, what would they do next? Often what we try to do as authors is we have this great plot in our heads and we're trying to shove the characters into the plot. We're trying to shove them through these these holes and these gaps in the plot and make them do what we want them to do so that the plot happens. And that's the exact opposite way that we should be working on the story. Plot has to come from character. Character drives plot. And when a plot isn't working, it's not working because it's not what the character would do. And so going back to the character and just asking yourself, putting yourself in their head, asking themselves, yourself, what will they do next? 
and it's going to create a much stronger plot. It always does for me. Number four, give your character, give your protagonist a refuge. Now, often a refuge is a physical place, um, but it can be so much more than that. Uh, a refuge is a community. A refuge might be, so, you know, an example of a refuge might be something like a coffee shop on the corner where your character goes at the end of a hard day and has coffee and maybe there's a really hot guy behind the counter and she has a bit of a flirt and maybe it's where she meets her friends um, but it is a refuge to her it's a safe place and often we're putting our characters through the ringer so much that all we do to our readers is we force them to see this character in crisis just constant crisis piling on top of each other piling on top of each other and having a refuge a place or a person um, where the character is safe for a few moments. This gives us, you know, kind of it breaks up the the pacing. It, it, it actually increases the tension by giving us like this this drop, so that we can we can ratchet things up again. I do this a lot in my books because I love refuges. My series, uh, the Nevermore Bookshop Mysteries. Uh, the bookshop is Nina's refuge. You know, she came to the bookshop when she was hurting, and the bookshop and the people in the bookshop, the community that she found through the bookshop and the healing that she found through the bookshop is what has enabled her to triumph over her wound and banish her ghosts. So the refuge is very important. Now, if you have a refuge, if you decide to use a refuge, then it's very important that at some point in the story, the refuge has to be threatened. The refuge has to be under threat. Now, whether that is physically the actual building, the actual bookshop or the actual coffee shop, or whether it is the community, the people that make that refuge, one or the other, or both, has to be threatened. And the fifth thing I wanted to talk about is about uh, a voice. Um, and point of view. Now we've got kind of two point of views that we use most often. We've got thir um, first person point of view and third person point of view. And we get a lot of writers who talk to about third person and this is often where writers feel as though they're really struggling to get to get a, an authentic voice for their character and this is doubly true if you write in third person and you write multiple different point of views so different different chapters are in different people's point of views and writers often feel like this chapter sounds exactly the same as that chapter even though they're completely different characters and my advice is always if you just sit down and just write a few paragraphs in first person that character's point of view. First person is such a great way to immediately drop into the head of a character and you'll find their voice comes through. It absolutely shines through. It's one of the reasons why authors love first person so much. And so sometimes swapping your point of view just for a few paragraphs, it really helps. It not only helps break the, the, the kind of the, the system that you're using in your head to kind of give your brain this like jolt of oh, shit, I've got to get up and pay attention, um, but it also allows you to drop yourself really neatly into that character's head and really get a grasp of their voice, and then you can just switch back, and then obviously you go back and you edit, you re-edit those paragraphs to be third person. But now you're in the flow, you're in their voice. It's great. Life is good. 
So this is just a taste of the kind of craft content that we're going to be diving deep into in the Rock Your Novel School. I bet you have loads of questions, so before I open up for students, I am trying to anticipate them and answer them all. So one of the questions that I know you're going to ask is, is this course useful to me? So is it useful if um, I'm writing an insert genre here novel? So whichever kind of novel, you know, is this course going to be useful if I'm writing a mystery? Is it going to be useful if I'm writing a romance? Is it going to be useful if I'm writing literary fiction? Blah, blah, blah. So basically, if you are writing fiction, you will love this course. Guarantee it. If you are writing fiction and you'd like to one day make a living as an author, then hell yes, you are going to love this course. If you are already publishing fiction, but you want to improve your craft, hell to the double plus yes, you're going to love this course. If you're writing narrative nonfiction, then you'll get a lot out of this course because narrative nonfiction is basically written as fiction. Like it's true, but it's written with a fiction arc. If you're writing other types of nonfiction, you will get something out of this course, but it, it's really designed for fiction authors. What about if you're writing poetry or if you're writing some other type of, of, of story or plays or something like that? Again, you'll probably get something out of this course, but it's really designed for novelists. It's really designed for fiction authors. If you're writing short stories, you again, you will get something out of this course because it is all about craft, but it doesn't deal specifically with short stories. And there are lots of other um, writing teachers who... Um, do sort of do short story stuff much better. Now the next question is, well Steph, I am really worried about spending my money, you know maybe I don't have much spare, I'm worried about spending my money on an online course and then finding out that it's completely crap. And my answer to you is, this course is not going to be crap, trust me. It, you you know the kind of content I create, you listen to the podcast, you've probably done the, the um plot your novel in 10 days, that is just what I put out for free. This course is not going to be crap. It's going to, it's going to be amazing. It will change your life. Um, I promise you. Because of that, because I believe so strongly that I've created something that you are going to love, I am offering a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if you, if you feel like the course is crap, um, you can get your money back. So there is no risk for you signing up. There is also a payment plan. Um, so the payment plan goes over four months and that is going to help you manage your money. Um, so you know if you don't have you know if you don't have a chunk of change right now, you, you can go on the payment plan. There's absolutely no you know no disadvantage to doing that. And I you know I encourage you to do that if that's what you want. I'm so, 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 so excited about this course and about creating valuable content for you and about helping you to, to push forward with your novel writing goals. I'm just so, I just can't wait for you guys to, to come and join me and, you know, we're going to write some novels together. It's going to be amazing. I just want to let you know that I am about to send out another email. It's going to have a ton more details about the course, going to answer some more questions. If you have any questions about the course that's coming up I would love if you could post them in the Facebook group or just hit reply on your email if you got this video through your email and let me know I would be more than happy to answer them
That's it from me today. I hope you've enjoyed these tips on creating compelling characters, and I'm really excited to see you in Rock Your Novel course. You're going to hear from me soon. Until then, happy writing.